Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. Our hope is that this monthly podcast will provide both encouragement and practical help as you move forward in raising the next righteous generation. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, ladies. Today on our Mom to Mom podcast, we are interviewing Crystal Paul, who is a veteran mom of two young men. She has also been married to Randy Paul for 33 years. Our theme today is how to cultivate a heart for God in your children. I'm excited to hear from our guest because I know as a mom, I desire more than anything to share my faith with my children. I want my children to know God and walk with Him because that is the key to having a successful and meaningful life. Crystal has done this even through challenging situations and less than ideal circumstances. But some of her trials have been the catalyst for her to example a real, sincere faith and trust in the Lord. Crystal, thank you so much for taking time to be here today. Thank you, Erica. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for you to be here too because you have really impacted me over the years in my own parenting. Mm -hmm. So let's get started with our first question. How can a mom cultivate a heart for God in her children? Erica, I've learned that cultivating a heart for God in my children came from me modeling a heart for God. My own heart for God models the way for my children. Wonderful. So, um, can you share some stories of how you exampled um, this to your children? Mm -hmm. So, um, before kids, Randy and I were having daily quiet times. And then kids came along, and it got... Well, a child, one child came at a time, came along, and then I had to figure out how to have a quiet time with the baby. And so I asked Randy to help me some, and with one child, we could go back and forth, and it was no problem. We still enjoyed very long, quiet times in the morning. Um, when the second child came, it became a little more challenging, and I actually found myself uh, weaning off of God's Word. And... I didn't realize that it was going to change how I behaved. I didn't realize that it was going to affect um, uh, just my, my patience, my love for my family, and I became uh, selfish, and I became grumbling, and I, I realized that I was not who I was before when I was having quiet time. I even joked with people that I thought I was having a nervous breakdown. And what, what was that like? Because I felt like I was having one. And living overseas was just some of the things that are daily in your lives. I learned I had to be in God's Word every day. So I asked Randy if he would help me. And he said, I'll take the boys in the morning. I'm going to make you a cup of coffee. You turn around you start having a quiet time. And I really came back to normality. And I, I didn't know that, that being in the Word of God would keep me so steady. So as the kids got a little bit older, I realized that it was important for them to let mommy have her quiet time. So I taught them how to get their bowl of cereal so that I could continue having a quiet time. Now, I used to feel guilty thinking, oh, my mom fixed a hot breakfast every morning, and I was not doing that for my children, but I thought, you know, I'm feeding on the, God, the Word of God so that I can feed them the Word of God. So bowl of cereal is going to be okay. <laughs> as they got older, <clears throat> I really wanted my children to know that the Word of God was something that I loved. And that I truly did love having my quiet time. So 
there would be times as they got older what I would find something in the Word and I would say, okay, come here, sit down on your beds. I have to tell you what I read this morning. And then I would tell them, God said this, or can you believe this, or this is a promise for you. And, and when they were little, they would go, thank you, Mom, you know, and then it would be done. But I sort of did this regularly to tell them what is in this book is exciting, and, and I want you to know it. So that's kind of how I modeled it, and my husband modeled it as when they were young. What was nice, when they got into the junior high, maybe sixth grade, middle school, junior high, I decided, we decided that it was time for them to start because we didn't put any pressure on them. So I said to them, you know, your dad has a quiet time. You see how your dad has a quiet time? It's probably time that you start doing that too. So we made a big deal and we bought them adult Bibles. They got to pick out their new Bible and they just started having a quiet time as if it was as normal as can be. And they have continued on. Wow, so I'm hearing you say that cultivating a heart for God is really just spending time with Him and modeling that mm -hmm. for your children. Mm -hmm. So were there any challenges uh, over the years to do your quiet time? What were the challenges of doing your quiet time? I really don't think the challenges were in doing my quiet time. In, in, in getting the pattern down, the habit down, yes, there were. So in the beginning, when I tried to have a quiet time, I was frustrated because the way I was trained was not me. So I would see people with a Bible, or be told, start with the Bible, get a journal, write down your thoughts, write down your prayers, and for me to sit was hard. I didn't like to sit, I didn't like to read, and I didn't like to journal. So how do you have a quiet time? Another mm -hmm. way. So what I decided to do was to, well, this is really how it happened. Randy was working with a group of students, and he said, uh, like a campus, uh, it was a campus ministry-like challenge, and he was developing the core, and he said, I want everyone in the core to, to start, we were going to start the discipline, so how do you have a quiet time? So he included me in the group. Well, I realized I was not having consistent quiet time, and he asked the group um, to ha have a quiet time, uh, what... Uh, and, then, and then next week report how many you had, how long was the quiet time, and what did God say? Well, I came back to the group next week and forgot the homework and realized I had three quiet times. They were about 15 minutes apiece, and I didn't remember what God said. <laughs> so yeah. that's, this was before kids, and that's where I thought, you know, I'm a mess. I, here I am trying to disciple people and minister to people, and I don't even have what I think was the, the most important discipline down was having a quiet time. And so because of that group and because I was determined to be Randy's helper and to help these guys grow, I had to figure out how it was going to happen for me. So that's when I decided that I had to make it me. So what is me? So me is, I was a first grade teacher, so I liked coloring, I liked stickers, I liked drawing in my Bible, I liked drawing ivy, I liked highlighting, I liked... Um, I liked a journal where I just wrote verses and not my thoughts, and I would draw, draw ivy around the verses and try and, get the, try and get those verses in my head. I wasn't a morning person, so I started drinking coffee. And then, wow, I realized coffee can wake you up in the morning, and I can actually see, and I can actually enjoy this. And so over time, I got so excited about my quiet time, it became, it became something that I looked forward to, and I started finding the treasure. 
that was the most exciting thing. When I finally started this discipline, God began to show me incredible things in His Word. It sounds like to me that you, you're describing a kind of like a coffee date with God. <laughs> this pleasant conversation every morning with mm -hmm. the Creator mm -hmm. of the universe. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that you do daily. Yes. That's wonderful. Um, are there any other ways that you example walking with God? Well, I think once you have a great quiet time and you're learning all these wonderful things about God and His Word and His promises, you sort of have to live those things out. And I think the second thing that really helped cultivate a heart in my children for God was my relationship with my husband. So I'm having a quiet time and I'm reading about the place of the woman and it's, it's, it's a hard place. I am to submit to my husband. And I remember specifically when this all sort of hit me. Brandy and I were, were not doing real well. A lot of, um, it, was, it was me fussing at him a lot because of fear and different things. And I remember the kids were not respecting me. And I thought, what's the deal? I'm good to you. Why are you, why are you disrespecting me? And then I felt like God showed me when you disrespect your husband, it is going to fall back on you through your children. So I realized the second thing in raising my children is I needed to, I needed to submit and respect my husband because that was going to affect my children. And God made that very clear. And when I started thinking about things that I could do that would show my husband respect, truly be respectful, submit when he said, um, this is where I want to move or this is where we want to go, my children were so easy to raise. They just fell into line. And I think they saw me submit and so it was easy for them to submit wow that's really that's very insightful um what were some of the things that you that god showed you um to show uh, you know that god what were some of the things that god revealed to you that you were supposed to do to show respect mm -hmm. to your husband well i think there were different verses um like um, in Genesis when it talks about I'm the suitable helper, I'm not to look for him, I'm not looking for my husband to be my helper, which I think when we get married we think, oh yeah, I'm going to have a strong, strong man that's going to help me. I realized I'm the helper. Um, Genesis also talks about he will rule over you. Um, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Um, and I think that in the beginning, all of this seemed hard, but because nobody wants to submit, I would rather be in control. But I realized and saw that once I submitted and respected, there was joy and peace in my home. Mm -hmm. And so I, I looked for ways to bring the kids along and say, oh, yay, daddy's home. Or, oh, go do that for your dad or your dad's tired, just things like that, to honor, to honor their dad in the home. I remember one time I wanted to go above and beyond in this, and so my husband would, would honk the horn when he got home, and then there was a doorkeeper that would open the door for him. And I remember, no matter what I did, I went to the door and opened it up for him. And I didn't have to do that, but I was trying to practice what God was teaching me. 
The other thing I think that helped my kids grow was um, hospitality. I think hospitality falls a lot on the woman. Like, I think the husband invites the people and the woman <laughs> cleans her home and provides the food. And so I think our kids watched as we opened up our lives and our homes to people. And um, I think they really enjoyed all the people that came through. But this was one thing that, that I think that we did. It was a habit that we did that really, really helped our family. So sometimes our lives were very busy. So at the end of the day, after dinner, sometimes for dinner, we would sit on our bed and watch a Disney movie. We held the kids and laughed with the kids, and I got to be mom and not the teacher at the end of the day. I think our kids felt very loved by this routine we had. So our house was open during the day. Randy, my husband would go to work, um, we would have people in and out of the house. He might come home and invite people over. Again, we're cooking a meal, hospitality for lunch. I did hospitality with my kids' friends. So there were like eight kids in this four-year period. There were eight kids on our street that would come over every day to our house from four to six. And I thought, at first, yay, they can play. I can be in the house for two hours and get ready for the next day. But they didn't play well together. The local kids didn't play well together, so I needed to be the school super playground supervisor but it was okay I taught the kids how to play different games and how to play well together but at the end of the day with all this hospitality and homeschooling and busyness we all got on the bed at night and we held the kids and we watched a Disney movie and sometimes we would even bring our meal on the bed and eat and watch a Disney movie I'd put a sheet on top of the bedspread and we would just eat but I think our kids felt loved at the end of the day because if I forgot to hug them, or if I said you need to get that done, or was just rough with them because I'm the teacher and the playground supervisor, at the end of the day I could hold them. And we could laugh, and we could enjoy something together as mom, dad, and kids. So I think that was healthy for us. You created an environment where you practice God's Word, and then you um, shared God's word with with your children and with other people around you, and I, I'm struck by the by the end of your day because the beginning of your day is with God, and the end of your day is kind of a celebration of what God did throughout the day as He led you mm -hmm. and to practice His word. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like a sandwich. <laughs> the two, the beginning starts with God and the end starts with God. And the middle is what we, what we do for God. Um, that's really a great picture. Um, and I think from my quiet time, that's where I needed, that's, I, I got the information, but I think in, in, in respecting my husband and honoring him and loving people, I was, I was loving God and loving people. Mm -hmm. So loving God with sitting and spending time with Him, obeying Him as I, as I played it out in my relationship with my husband, which actually when I let my husband lead, I'm trusting God. And as I am modeling for my children, it's cultivating a heart for them and for people. So, yeah, that active faith. Mm -hmm. um, 
Wow, thank you so much for sharing. That I definitely have seen that in your life, and I've seen that in your children, and they just love people, yeah. and they're very kind. Um, so your faith really impacted them. Um, what is a major theme that God is teaching you currently in this season of motherhood? You've already finished technically <laughs> raising your children. They are men. But what are you learning now as a mom? Post-mom, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think in this stage, they're both in college, so at this stage, um, I see my role as encouraging them, but not fixing their problems. Um, letting them grow up and being responsible for themselves. I learned a long time ago, and I'm not sure where, that women raise boys, but men raise boys to men. And so, um, I, I, this was put in front of me when my youngest was in the sixth grade, and he was bullied in the sixth grade. Well, I was a teacher, or I was a teacher's aide and a substitute teacher at this school. So I knew the classroom, I knew the teacher, I knew a lot of the kids, but I didn't know my son was being bullied. So he's the type of kid that can take something for a long, long time, and then he just can't take it anymore. <laughs> so he let my husband and I know that he was being bullied, and we said, well, what are they doing? And it was awful things. He had a whole list of the things that they were doing. I knew this class was a troubled class, because at times he would come home and say to me, Mom, I almost got hit by the book that the teacher threw across the classroom today. Oh so I knew, that this, I knew that the classroom was a mess, and so I really wanted to go down to the principal, and she was a friend, and say, hey, you know, what's going on in this classroom? Or to the teacher and say, you know, my, my son's having a hard time here. I even told my son, I'm going to volunteer as an aide in your classroom, and I'm just going to have a whip and go, when I see these kids that are doing these, these bad things. And he's like, no, Mom. You know, he's in the sixth grade. No, Mom, don't come to my class. Mom to the rescue. <laughs> exactly. Mom's going to fix it. And so um, I was so my husband and I were talking about it, and I said, you know, let me go volunteer, let me go into the classroom, let me go tell somebody. And my husband said, no, he needs to work this out himself. And I felt like, okay, this is where my husband is raising a boy to be a man. So he told my son, you make a list of all the things that's happening to you, and you present it to the teacher. So he did that. And he presented it to the teacher, and the teacher, of course, responded, boom, right away. Changed everything around. I think had an eye on the kids now. Um, and things seemed to get better. Not perfect, but better. But as, as we were going through the stage, because I couldn't do anything, because my husband said, don't go down to school, don't, don't do these things, so I said to my son, let's pray. So every night we would pray. We'd pray for those mean kids. We'd pray for his pers for, for him to just persevere through this and just help him and guide him and give him a good year in the sixth grade. And, and so then um, one night as we were again going to pray for the situation, I said, okay, let's pray. And he said, Mom, I, I, don't, I don't know why we're praying because I don't, I don't see anything happening. And I was so grateful to God that he put this in my mind. I said to my son, I do. God is teaching you perseverance. And when I told him that, he like straightened up and was like, well, okay, let's, let's pray. Mm -hmm. And the thing that God did, how many years later? His senior year in high school, he won the Perseverance Award. <laughs> So I felt like 
that I needed to be hands off and let my husband raise my children to be men. And as much as I wanted to go down there and fix the problem, I listened to my husband and I didn't do it. And because of that, my son learned perseverance. Thank you. That's that's helpful. I'm, I have a I have a couple of well, preteen and a teenager, and <laughs> that definitely is something I have to tell myself every day. You're raising a man, not a boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, uh, well, what? How are you growing as a person? <laughs> I think the the thing that is on my heart now, and I find myself having to lean on this a lot, and God has been so kind to give this to me, is um, in 1 Peter 4.11 it says, If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. I'm learning to serve with the strength God provides. I think that in the past, when I was younger, I did not lean on the strength that God provides. And I would run and run and run and drop. And then when asked to do something else, I would just say, I'm done. I don't have it. And I would never rely or never think to rely on the strength that God provides. I have found that when I am past the ability that I think I have to do something, if I ask God for the strength, He provides. And I love this. This is like not going to leave me because I need this for the rest of my life. I wish, I mean, I wish I had known this when I was younger, to rely on this as much as I do now. But even in illness, even when I'm insecure, when I feel uh, not capable of doing something, I find my strength in this. Well, as a mom, I know that we, we need the extra the extra strength that God can provide. We run out of um, the energy so quickly and we, we need God to provide energy and that's something that I would hope to learn at my age. Um, thank you for <laughs> encouraging me to seek that out. <laughs> I think this helps in, in hospitality. I know there's times when my husband will invite someone over and it's like, I don't have the strength to do this and I don't even know what I'm going to cook. I don't even know if it's going to taste good. And so I will just start praying, Lord, please let it taste good. Please help me to have the energy I need so I can love these people that are coming over to my house. And let me do this in your strength. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I know there's been a lot of days where at the end of the day, I, I end it with energy. And I know it's because God has been with me <laughs> providing that energy because I should not have energy after the day that I have run through <laughs> parenting and serving people and all that kind of stuff so yeah um, well what is um, one thing that you would like to encourage moms who are currently in the trenches I think um, I think I would like to encourage moms that the hard work you put into this season will bring joy in the seasons to come and for eternal life I, I think that if you spend time in your quiet time, you will have amazing words from God to get you through life. And every stage of life, every season of life, how you raise children, how you relate to your husband, how you 
Um, it'll help you when you're fearful. It'll help you. It'll, it'll, it'll just, God's word just, just refines us and molds us and guides us. I'm amazed when there are times that I should be really afraid, I'm not. There are times when I should be really shaken and I'm not. And I know it's because year after year, I am combing through God's word and he just, it, it's like this. If I've learned that if I skip a quiet time, it's like I'm skipping a meal. So I can skip one quiet time and I can make it just like if I skipped one meal. But if I, if I don't have a week of quiet time, it's like not having a week of a meal. And I have no strength to fight the things that are coming at me. And so by feeding on God's word, it's like eating a meal that I should be eating for the strength to do the task that's ahead. And so since I, since I have that in my head now, my quiet time is so important because I know I need that nourishment to live. And the second, the second thing is marriage. Marriage really matters in the way that you're raising your children. And so does hospitality because that's loving God and it's loving people. What are some verses that have been meaningful to you in this parenting journey? Erica, there's been so many. I mean, there's so much treasure in God's Word, but here, here are a few. This one's Jeremiah 17, 7. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. At, for me, and learning that, that when I have my quiet time, my roots will go deep, and that when something happens, and things always happen, you won't be shaken. You won't be, you won't be fearful. You'll have confidence in the Lord because your roots go deep. Um, I also love this verse, Psalm uh, 1. 12, 7. Um, there's, always, there's always bad news. So how do you deal with bad news? I changed this from they to she, so it would be personal for me. She will have no fear of bad news. Her heart is steadfast trusting in the Lord. This has helped me so many times when, boom, there is this bad news. I go to this verse. I will have no fear. My heart is trusting in the Lord. And so that has really helped me in situations where this bad news should take me down, but I'm going to wait. And um, there's Psalm 37, 8. It says, fret not, it leads only to evil. So I used to worry a lot. Fretting and worrying, I think, are the same. So when I worry, I can actually see how this can play out to evil. So... Whenever I begin to worry, sometimes I begin to worry that maybe my husband's not making a very good decision and maybe I want to stop him. But is God leading him? Is this just my worry? So I bring up this verse all the time. If you're worrying, uh, don't, because it's going to lead to evil. Um, I love this verse in Isaiah 40, 11. It talks about... Um, moms when they have young children it says he gently leads those that have young 
So when you're a new mom or you have little ones, God is gently leading us. Um, this one I love because there's a promise, and this is what I love to share with my children. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. I remember dropping my son off at age 16 in Germany to boarding school. And I remember the night, the morning before I was to say goodbye to him, God took me to this verse. And he basically said to me, You're, it's going to go well with your son, and he's going to enjoy life because he has honored his mother and father. So I shared that with him the morning that I was leaving him to boarding school. And by the way, he wanted to go to boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> and so even as I have left my college students and have gone back overseas, um, I know it's going to go well with them. And I know they're going to enjoy life because they honored their mother and father. Which, which brings me back to discipline your children so that they will obey you, so that they will honor you, so that they will, it will go well with them and they will enjoy life. Crystal, thank you so much for sharing the way that you use God's word as a tool. Mm -hmm. Um, you, I just, am, I'm just picturing you swinging the sword throughout life, <laughs> and um, it is, it's living and active in your life, and that's really um, a challenge to me. Um, so I really appreciate uh, the way that you um, say God's word, and then this is how it applies, and then just hold on to the promises that God gives you. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. I hope that I can look for practical ways to implement these principles in my everyday parenting journey. Moms, I hope this has been a help to you and an encouragement as you seek to train your children to love God and know Him. Did you like what you heard? If so, please leave us a review. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged to move forward in your parenting journey and that you have some practical next steps you can readily apply. Join us again next month for another Mom to Mom podcast.